precious faith, meeting to study the Word of God and to worship you on this Wednesday night. We thank you for your presence, your power, your grace, which you have now been releasing upon us, even as we have gathered together in faith. Your grace, which is able to build us up, to build up our faith, build up the love of God in us, and to give us victory over every situation. Truly, Lord, you know all that we need. And we believe that you're even at this moment meeting our every need, healing those who are sick and recovering from sickness. Those who are weak, you're giving them strength. Even now, you're saving those who call upon your name. You're supplying needs of every sort and size. You're guiding those who are looking for direction. You're delivering those who have been bound and setting them free. You're even forgiving us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, there is no need that at this hour you are not attending to. You are not caring for. You are not rectifying and touching with your miracle hand. We say thank you, Father, for every blessing. Now, Lord, please open our eyes so that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now to the book of Genesis, chapter 18. And we'll be looking at verses 16 to 33. I would like for us to continue with the thought of great prayers by Old Testament saints and stalwarts. Today's focus is on the man Abraham. Genesis 18 tells the story behind his great prayer. Let me read a portion of it for you. From Genesis 18, uh, beginning, let's say, at verse number 16. Genesis 18. And the man rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which is come up to me. 
righteous with the wicked. For adventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? Be it far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes for adventure. There shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke again unto him, yet saying, For adventure, there shall be forty from there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. For adventure there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. For adventure there shall be twenty from there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but once, for adventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way, as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. There we find a great prayer of the great man Abraham as he sought to reason with the Lord and to work out the situation of Sodom and Gomorrah. We'd like to meditate a little bit on this passage of scripture. Uh, I'd like for us, well, we're continuing with the thought of great prayers by stalwarts. We see here this chapter begins with Abraham sitting at the door of his tent on a hot day when he notices three individuals who appear to be men but were in fact angels and one of them he later learned was the Lord himself. As a man given to hospitality, Abraham approached them, offering to serve them a meal. At the end of the meal, they did that in due time, he and his wife will have the pleasure of becoming parents to their own blood son, Isaac, it would be a miracle considering their advanced years. Abraham accompanied these guests 
along a short distance, observing that they were heading towards the notoriously wicked city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Surely, Abraham must have wondered why these innocent-looking men should be seeking out a city like Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham had a nephew there, Lot. Lot lived there with a wife, two daughters, and two sons-in-law to be. Lot was not known to have a clear-cut testimony. He was used to handing out with questionable characters. He was a case of show me your company and I'll tell you who you are. Evil communications corrupt good manners, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. But Lot, being what he was, his uncle still maintained a deep and strong spiritual concern for the young man. Abraham knew the compassion of God and he always was out to save Lot even if he had to go to war for him. However, Lot had an eternal soul to be saved from an eternal hell and his uncle Abraham would do everything in his power to see that Lot escapes the flames of an eternal hell and even the flames of Sodom and Gomorrah. God is not willing, the Bible says, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3 and 9. Note that little word, that all should come to repentance. All men need to be saved and to come to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants each family member. God wants every individual on the face of the earth to come to a knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. Christ came to his own. His own received him not, but as many as received him, to them, Give he power, give he the right to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Him that cometh unto me, the record says, I will in no wise cast out. God is so willing. He stands as it were all day with open arms, willing to welcome those who will turn to him. And any man who will turn to him tonight, any individual, boy, girl, man or woman, who will turn to him tonight, shall be receiving a warm welcome and a glorious reception from him. So Abraham is concerned about the soul of his nephew. Abraham's worry about Lot now becomes God's worry in what way you say? In verse 17 of chapter 18, the Lord said to Abraham, Shall I hide from Abraham?
relationship between Abraham and God the Almighty, God could not let his intentions remain a hidden secret. There is a difference between uh, friends. There is a difference between friends and servants. According to John 15 and 15, friends share secrets. And some things that friend would tell a friend, that friend would not tell a servant. Abraham was a friend of God, and even God was willing to share hidden secrets with Abraham. The Lord said, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. The sin of these two cities was grievous. The situation demanded a judicial inspection. I will now go down and see what is going on there to see if the reports have been getting up here in heaven. Tally with what's going on down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Judicial inspection. It is clear that the land itself was crying out. Massive prayers were going up, ascending to heaven because of the lifestyle of the Sodomites. People were talking to God, complaining to God about the problems all the time. It became a stench in the nostrils of God-fearing people. And worse yet, still greater stench in the courts of heaven. The cry of Sodom has come up to me. Verse 21 of chapter 18. The account. In chapter 19, beginning at verse 4, is a graphic one. There is unbridled, perverted passion that gripped a band of youths and older men, all the men of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, as they sought to fulfill their shameless, unanimalistic sexual passions upon the visitors from heaven. Animals didn't behave like they did. But they gathered around this house where Lot was living so that they may have intimacy with the men who had come to visit Lot. They were barking up the wrong tree this time. This was the limit. The account is clear. Such actions are condemned in heaven and must be so condemned on the face of this earth today. I am the Lord, the record says. I change not. If it was wrong yesterday, it is wrong today. And it will be wrong tomorrow as well as the days that follow. Take a quick glance sometime at Romans chapter 1, verse 24 to 29. And you will be able to see how God views the behavior of sodomites. Abraham became aware of the intent of the three heavenly messengers. Their intention was to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He did not run off holding his head and screaming in shock. He did not panic.
in holy concern. Yes, there is a time when God gives us an opportunity to talk over with him a serious situation. This was Abraham's chance. So Abraham drew near to God. May this be a time when you and I need to draw near to God. What might be bothering you? You say, oh, Pastor, nothing is bothering me. Thank God. God gives us the victory all the time. But when nothing is bothering you, you still need to draw near to Him so that you may commune with Him and He with you so that you may touch Him and He may touch you and give you the strength that you need. We always need the Lord. Some people need the Lord only when they are in trouble. But we always need the Lord. So Abraham drew near. May this be an opportunity for us all to draw near to him. To pause at his feet for a moment of prayer. To whisper. To give expression to the cry of our soul. Abraham drew near, 1823. And in verse number 22, it says, Abraham stood yet before the Lord. This man of faith seemed to have been so sensitive to the presence of God and to the mood of the moment. He, he, he knows where to linger. Thank God. It's like when you have a service that is great and good and the presence of God comes down. Nobody wants to go home. In some places, before the preacher could say amen, everybody is rushing out, hat in hand. But oh, friend, I tell you, when the presence of God comes down, you would like to linger a while longer. And now we come to the pattern of this great prayer of an Old Testament saint. Verse number 24. Lord, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Are the righteous to be crushed in the same way as the wicked? Should the innocent suffer the same consequences as the guilty? Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just, right, and righteous? Suppose, Lord, there are 50 righteous persons within the city. Will you destroy that city with those 50 righteous persons? Abraham was bold. He had a holy boldness. And he asked the Lord, suppose there are 50 righteous people there, will you destroy the city? And he didn't just ask the question, but he waited for an answer. Abraham got the answer to this, to this question. The Lord said, if there are 50 righteous persons within the city, I will spare the whole city for the sake of the 50 righteous. Great proposal. Quick response. Most shocking statistic. Yet such amazing grace. For 50 righteous persons, I will spare the whole city. You see how God is good. If there were 50 righteous people there, he promised Abraham, I would spare the whole 
know that you who know Jesus, you are precious in his sight. You are, as it were, the apple of his eye. He cares for you. He's concerned about you. And he has your welfare at heart. Don't you ever think for a moment the Lord has forgotten you or neglected you or shoved you off in a corner? No. You are precious. You are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver or gold. But you are redeemed by the precious blood of God's own dear Son. And because of the blood that redeemed you, God will do everything in his power and at his disposal to ensure that you are secure. So Abraham said, well, God, you plan to destroy these cities, huh? If there are 50 righteous people there, would you destroy it so that the righteous will perish with the wicked? God said, no, 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 my son, no. That's not how I work. If there are 50 righteous people there, I'll spare the whole city for the sake of the 50 righteous. Brethren, that's why it's important for us all to be on God's side. Whose side are you on tonight? If you're on God's side, you're on the right side. You're on the safe side. You're on the secure side. The Lord will watch over his own. will take care of them and to protect them. Even if there were to be found ten righteous persons in that whole city, God said he was not going to destroy it. There were less than ten in the city. Abraham, when he heard fifty, when he presented uh, the request for fifty, um, God said, well, look, if there are 50, I'll spare the whole city. But there are not 50 there. Abraham could have stopped and said, well, it's a shame. I give up. But he went from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20. God said, there are not even 20 righteous people there. If there were 20, I would spare the city. And Abraham said, let me take one more chance with you, Lord. Let me take a step closer to you, Lord. Let me just test your grace, your graciousness, and your mercy. I'm coming closer, Lord. I'm going to suggest ten. And God said, if there are ten righteous people there, Abraham, I would spare the whole city. I want you to notice a few thoughts about this prayer of Abraham and about the prayer of the man himself. Abraham was bold. He was bold. And in prayer, we need to trust the Lord to be bold. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find 
declaration of intent in relation to Sodom and Gomorrah, but Abraham approached God with a boldness that is admirable. Yes, God, you said you will destroy these people, but would you mind reconsidering your suggestion and re-examining the situation? Yes, Abraham was bold enough to ask God for a reconsideration of his decision. And nothing is wrong with that. We look at somebody and every, the doctors say it's bad, everybody says it's bad, everybody says it's no use. But if everybody says it's no use, what does God say? We will put it in the hands of God and let him have his way. Give God a chance to work for you and for me. Abraham was bold. Secondly, you see, Abraham used wisdom in this his great prayer. He used wisdom. He kept his request within the scope and limitation of his own faith. Why didn't he start off by saying, if there are 5,000 righteous people there, if there are 500, if there are 10,000, he didn't start off with big numbers. He started off with a number that his faith could handle. He started off with a number that he felt comfortable with. 50 is what he felt comfortable with. And again, he stopped asking at 10. Wisdom decided, or wisdom um, dictated that he gave God space for God to exercise his own divine will. Wisdom here was reasonable and Abraham was reasonable. He didn't ask for 5,000 or 50,000. He asked for 50. And then he eased his way down even to 10. Because remember, he had a nephew there. The nephew had a wife and two daughters. And he wanted to make sure that they were included. They though he didn't want to come out and say, well, you know, Father, what about my family down there? No, he asked for 10. And having asked for 10, he stopped right there. Notice in the third place, in this prayer, Abraham displayed the element of humility. In each of his six approaches in his bargain, bargaining with God, he prefaced, in essence, his remarks with these words, in essence. He said he was but dust and ashes. Dust is the substance from which he admitted he was made. Ashes, in essence, is the residue of what would be left of him 
at his old age. He was saying his beginning and his end is limited. But the Almighty was the eternal one. Humility said, I am weak. But God, you are strong and you are mighty. It is those, it, it is there in his petition. He was saying, I am nothing, God. You are everything. And we see this woven into the prayer. At one time he says, Lord, and I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds, but can I ask you one more favor? Can I ask you to take this thing one step further? He was doing it very respectfully and very humbly. It was the psalmist who said in Second Samuel 22 and 36, Thy gentleness has made me great. And I was looking in the book of Psalms for this. But it's in the book of 2 Samuel 22 and verse number 36. And it was said by the psalmist, David. And it is the gentleness of God that has made you what you are. You couldn't get where you are by yourself. It would be like trying to lift up yourself on, uh, using your own shoes, pulling up your own shoestrings. But God is good. His gentleness just makes us great. In the fourth place, this was a great prayer here in Genesis 16, 28 to 33, because Abraham showed persistence. He showed persistence. Real prayers do not give up. We persist. We, I was going to say we bother the Lord with our request as often as we remember or, or as often as it, it, it hits us. We keep presenting our request to Him. There are some people who get weary when you keep asking them for something. As parents, you know, when children bother you for one thing over and over and over again, you get tired of hearing them, but not so with God, not at all, not at all. We need to come to him continually and be persistent in our prayer, not giving up. Abraham did not give up from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20 to 10. And if he was not a reasonable man, he would have gone to fight. But he didn't want to push beyond what he thought would be considered reasonable and acceptable. Yes, persistence. He did not give up. He kept on asking and asking. And even though the cities were to go up in flames of fire and brimstone, Abraham went on right down to ten. No one can say he did not ask. He tried, but God said no. I'm reminded of Paul, who had this thorn in the flesh. Three times he besought the Lord to remove this thorn 
sodomites would eventually corrupt all the world and all society. So in his heart, he must have come to the place where he agreed with God and left things in the hands of the Almighty. No doubt, he was one who was crying out to God against Sodom for some time. So now, he must have said, it is finished. He resigned to God's will. Heaven will decide the final outcome. Um, it was not a total loss, at least. His prayers were not wasted. But we will read in the next chapter that Lot was delivered and his two daughters were delivered. He lost his intended son, sons-in-law and he lost his wife who became a pillar of salt. But Lot escaped, as we say in common language, by the skin of his teeth. He barely made it out. So Abraham understood that though he prayed, he prayed and it was not granted 100%, he still got some results as his nephew was speared in fire and brimstone that fell on those cities. And number five, this is a great prayer because it contained the element of compassion. Compassion for the righteous and compassion for the sinners. The answers to his prayer indicate that even 20 righteous persons, even if 20 righteous persons remained the whole city would have been spared. So, he goes down to 10. 15, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. He would spare the whole city, God said, if they were found 10 righteous persons therein. Having asked about 10, Abraham left off asking. Because it's a big shame for a whole city not to have at least 10 people who really knew God. And then finally, in this great prayer for the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham displayed a sense of justice. They were not found even 10 righteous persons. In two whole cities, Abraham stopped asking. The Lord went his way, and Abraham did not protest. He must have said, the will of the Lord be done. What a shame. In two whole cities, they were not found even ten godly persons. Abraham must have said, Lord, I can ask no more. It was a great prayer prayed by a great warrior. But Solomon 
Gomorrah could not be uh, rescued from their destruction. Abraham's prayer reached four souls, Lot and his two daughters, four, three souls. Abraham's prayer reached Lot and his two daughters. What if he did not pray? The things that are accomplished through prayer Only eternity will reveal the power of prayer. Therefore, we pray without ceasing. We keep on asking and mentioning our need, the need of our children, the need of our family, the need of our home, the need of our own well-being. We keep mentioning all these to the Lord. We don't have to get in a formal situation like this. Prayer is talking to God anywhere, anytime, in any manner. You say, oh, Pastor, if I can't find a place to kneel, could I pray? Oh, yes. You could pray standing. You could pray lying down in your bed. You could pray sitting. You, you could pray walking. You could pray driving. Anywhere, anytime. Thank God he has made it possible uh, and he has made it so easy. Anytime, any place. God answers prayer. You may or may not you may or may not see results you long for, but that is not a reason for you to cease praying. Keep on. Continue instant in prayer. Prayer it always pays. And Abraham saw it. If there was no one to pray there for Sodom and Gomorrah, who knows what might have been the outcome for Lot and his two daughters. So let me encourage you tonight, friends. Let me encourage myself too. Let's keep on praying. For prayer makes a world of difference. Is there anything you'd like to pray about? Is there any situation that is facing you? Is there anyone you would like to mention in prayer? As we bow our heads, let's do just that. Father, we thank you that you're teaching us that men of Old Testament times were men of faith and men of prayer. They believed in prayer and they saw results. Some of them had prayers answered and they didn't even realize it. But you're such a God who before we call, you answer. And while we're yet speaking, you hear. I pray tonight that every single petition that is uttered or whispered in this circle tonight, every single need that is mentioned or thought about in the heart, I pray that each and every one of those needs
them down at your feet. And even now, we believe you for our miracle. For a miracle for our family. A miracle for our friends. A miracle in our present situation. You are able, Lord, more than able to accomplish what concerns us today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.